We've all heard stories about priests being punished by their bishops for taking the wrong side of socially relevant topics in their homilies, or for just being too traditional, for being too rigid. We're familiar with the stories of Father Traco, Father Altman, Father Kalchik, and numerous others. Today I have a story that is similar, but a little different as well. A priest was punished by his bishop for having too hard of a wake-up call to the state of the church, or at least that's how it's being reported. Sometimes we can possibly go too far in these things, and this priest story can be a cautionary tale for all of us. And he needs your prayers, regardless of what you think about his situation. So let's get right to it. I'll say this up front. I am not a set of a contest. I actually get off, asked that question often. I don't have anything particularly against set of a contest, and I'm not one of these traditionalist types who thinks we should shun set of a contest. I do think it's an error, but I don't plan to adjudicate that topic in this video. Rather, the t story I'm telling you now is of a priest who was ordained in the Novus Ordo in 2018, and then this year resigned his post in his diocese and became a set of a contest, and has reported that for becoming a set of a contest, he was excommunicated by the Novus Ordo Ordinary for his troubles. Though, as I tell you, it is hard to verify that it actually happened that way, since I found no public posting of it. Again, I, maybe I just missed it. But our story came to me first by Twitter, where I follow Novus Ordo Watch, which is probably the most well-known of Set of a Contest sources. Now, I've been throwing the term Set of a Contest around without defining it, so let's do that. A Set of a Contest is one who holds to the position called Set of a Contism, which holds that the Church has been in an interregnum since 1958. An interregnum, meaning that the period between the passing of one pontiff onto his particular judgment and the ascension to the throne of Peter, his successor. Set of a contest believe that there hasn't been a valid pope since Pope Pius XII, who died back in 1958. Set of a contest believe that every pope since 1958 has been a modernist heretic, and thus does not hold the papacy and never did, and that the papacy has been in a period of set of a cont, or vacant see, since then. That's the technical definition of it, though some factions of set of a contest may disagree internally about whether the last valid pope was Pius XII or John XXIII, and even some on the very fringes go back further than Pius XII. I've seen people making that claim that the church has been in an interregnum without a pope since Pius IX, or uh, one of the innocent popes from the 12th century, if you can believe that. But in general, if you see a set of a contest in the comments online of any video or article, that is likely what they believe. And again, I'm not a set of a contest, though I don't have anything against them, and I don't think they're outside the church for holding to that position either. But that should be a sufficient definition for now, and if you're a set of a contest, let me know if I did your theological position at least kindergarten-level justice in the comments here by defining it, since I did it sort of off the cuff. All that brings us to the story from Novus Ordo Watch. Headline. Novus Ordo Priest Becomes Set of a Contest. Diocese Excommunicates. Now, given that this is from Novus Ordo Watch, you can expect some language used here that some might consider to be brutally honest in how they feel about the entire conciliar church and its work. The lingo used in the, what I'm about to quote makes me sound like I absolutely love everything Vatican II by comparison. As usual, I do have to soften the tone for this place, but without changing the meaning. And in the quotes that you'll see on your screen, those changes are denoted by brackets using synonyms so to avoid changing their meaning, just to be upfront. Quote, on June 2, 2018, Reverend Michael G. Desay was ordained a Catholic priest. At least that is what he thought at the time. Less than three years after what he has since come to understand was an invalid ordination ceremony presided over by a modernist layman rather than a Roman Catholic bishop, quote-unquote Father Desay asked his local ordinary, quote-unquote Bishop David M. O'Connell, 
to accept his resignation from the Diocese of Trenton, New Jersey. The, the request was granted. On May 10th of this year, quote-unquote Bishop O'Connell released the following extremely diplomatic announcement. Reverend Michael G. DeSay, parochial vicar of Holy Innocence Parish, Neptune, New Jersey, and Catholic chaplain at Jersey Shore University Center, has resigned from ministry in the Diocese of Trenton, effective immediately to pursue his vocation elsewhere. As Reverend DeSay has related, he was quote-unquote excommunicated from the Diocese of for Schism, which makes sense from the Nova sort of point of view. After all, he has defected from the communion of the modernists, having found that he does not believe in the faux Catholicism of Vatican II, but in the preconciliar and timeless Roman Catholic religion, the religion of St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, that of St. Bernard of Clairvaux and St. Francis of Assisi, that of St. Alphonsus Liguori and St. Pius X, that of St. Bernadette Subaro and St. Maria Goretti, end quote. That having been said, I haven't been able to find the bishop actually admitting that he did excommunicate the priest for this. Strictly speaking, the Vatican has never formally declared Sedevacantism to be heresy, though the opponents of Sedevacantism have cited numerous preconciliar magisterial documents to make the case that is, including from the First Vatican Council as well as from the writings of Pope Leo XIII and others. And I would imagine that probably on Novus Ordo Watch or elsewhere, those arguments have been refuted in writing in, to some degree. So whether it is considered heresy by the Novus Ordo Church is anyone's guess, really, and up to the local ordinary, I'd imagine. And while I'm inclined to believe both the priest and Novus Ordo watch on this claim, since to suggest otherwise would be to, to accuse them of deception, which I am not doing, excommunications are public acts by the bishop and are announced publicly in some form, especially when they concern a priest or other Catholic in public service to the church. That having been said, I do have the text of the letter from Father DeSay that he wrote to his former parishioners, so you can hear his reasoning for yourself. It follows, and it is very measured in his tone, which is I, which I actually appreciate. Again, here is the letter from the priest. Letter of former Novus Ordo priest Michael DeSay to his friends on the reasons for his departure from the Novus Ordo. Dear friends, a short while ago I requested that Bishop O'Connell accept my resignation from the Diocese of Trenton and the removal of my priestly faculties. Upon informing the bishop that I was in agreement with the position of Most Holy Trinity Seminary in Florida, a position called Set of Acontism, and that I intended to pursue studies there, I also received notice of excommunication for the canonical crime of schism. I assure you that this decision was not made lightly, nor was it a reaction to any stimulus of emotion, anger, stress, or frustration. My motivation was not tactical or political, nor was I desirous for a career change. The decision was the result of prayer and contemplation, and from an independent study of the teachings of the popes and the great minds of the church. It was a decision that became necessary for me to make because of a conclusion derived from applying traditional principles of Catholic theology. Permit me to offer a brief explanation of how I reached this decision, along with a list of references that support it. In my research, I came to understand that the Second Vatican Council teaches error against the Catholic faith and morals and is irreconcilable with the previous magisterium of the Catholic Church. It is a Catholic doctrine that the Church of Christ cannot err when it teaches universally concerning matters of faith and morals. The reason for this inerrancy is that the Church is guided by the Holy Spirit, whom our Lord sent to teach us into all truth. See John chapter 16, verse 13. In theology, the common term for this inerrancy is indefectibility. For 2,000 years, from the time of the apostles to the present day, the Catholic Church has consistently taught the true faith and morals of Jesus Christ and his church to the Catholic faithful. She has done so without the slightest deviation, i.e., without the slightest defect, 
This indefectibility is not an accident of history, but an essential property of the Church. The Second Vatican Council is commonly held to be a general or ecumenical council of the entire Catholic Church, duly promulgated and upheld by successive popes until the present day. It is commonly held to teach universally, with the authority of Christ concerning matters of faith and morals. In reality, this council clearly and absolutely contradicts the previous magisterium of the Catholic Church on those same matters of faith and morals. These contradictions present an enormous problem for Catholics. For contradictions in matters of faith and morals cannot exist at the universal level in the Catholic Church, since she is protected from error in these matters by the Holy Spirit. If Catholics were to accept the Council as having been promulgated with the authority of Christ, then Christ would be leading the whole Catholic Church away from himself. Catholics would be obliged to confess that the gates of hell had prevailed against the Church, contrary to the prophecy of our Lord. She would have defected from her divine bridegroom by the universal promulgation of a false theology. But this impossible according to the perennial Catholic doctrine which has been taught repeatedly by the Church's magisterium from the Apostles until the present day. It is impossible to apply the counter-arguments that these teachings were only applicable to modern times rather than all times, for such an argument is rooted in modernism and would end by reducing the entire magisterium to contingencies. It also does not help us to apply the hermeneutic of continuity, for hermeneutics can only help to show continuity if continuity already exists. Therefore, we must conclude that the Second Vatican Council did not come from the universal teaching authority of the Catholic Church. The popes who promulgated Vatican II did not possess the authority over the Church to teach universally in the name of Christ. They were legally delegated to receive the papacy, but did not actually receive the spiritual authority from God to rule, sanctify, and teach the Catholic Church. Their authority was only an apparent authority. They were not true popes. This position has a rather unattractive-sounding name set of Vacantism. It is the position of those Catholics who, by applying the logic of indefectibility, conclude to a present vacancy of the See of Peter, due to the universal promulgation of error. Set of Vacantism is the only theologically correct observation concerning the present state in the Church because it is the only position based on traditional Catholic principles. It is not a schismatic sect based on personal feelings. This conclusion is profoundly difficult to process emotionally. Catholic instinct shuns the idea of a false pope who is only an apparent authority, rather than a real authority. Many practical questions immediately spring to mind. How could a pope be legally chosen and not have the papacy? Are Catholics allowed to make a judgment of this sort? How could thousands of bishops be wrong? If this thesis is true, then where is the Catholic Church? How do apostolic succession and jurisdiction function in this context? How would the present mess be resolved? These are good questions that deserve to be answered, but would be required too much space for this brief letter. The point that I wish to articulate here is that, as difficult as it might be, Catholics are bound to reject falsehoods taught against the faith, even when they come from apparent authorities. If we who live in these times wish to preserve our Catholic faith, which is necessary for our salvation, then it is essential that we accept, acknowledge Vatican II as invalid, along with the papacies of those who promulgated it and continue to promulgate it. Our Lord said that pseudo-prophets and pseudo-Christ would rise up and deceive, and if possible, even the elect. St. Paul taught that even if he or an angel from heaven should teach a gospel against what he has taught, let him be cursed. In the Apocalypse, St. John predicted a worldwide religious deception. Thus we have direct warnings from sacred scripture, that a fate such as what is described here would someday befall mankind. It is not for us to choose the times in which we live. It is for us to witness to the truth, even at great personal cost. Signed, Father Michael Desay. That was a letter from the priest, Father Michael Desay, who is now apparently undergoing formation and then probably theological training at a set of a seminary in Florida. He didn't lay out what the theological errors he says 
were of such a grievous nature that they caused the establishment of the parallel church or ape of the church back in the conciliar era, but that letter was, as he said, not the proper place for those claims to be explored. If you want to read it for yourself, you can find the letter at Novus Ordo Watch's website or link to my show notes at returntotradition.org. Now, some of you may be asking why I'm talking about this today, and it's rather simple. Father Altman has become a household name in the church today because he has made essentially what is a moral claim about not only his bishop, but many bishops in the hierarchy. And for that, he has been publicly stripped of his post at his parish and told by numerous people to remain silent and obey his bishop. The highest duty we are told by people is obedience to the bishop, even when they are in error, even if they promote sin. Father Altman wasn't excommunicated, and he never embraced that of a contism, and even was much more circumspect about the errors of the post-conciliar era and their roots in the Second Vatican Council than Father Desay was. And Father Altman was very publicly punished for his words and deeds, while I honestly can find no record of Bishop O'Connell excommunicating Father Desay for saying that the institutions calling itself the Catholic Church aren't the Church at all, that the institutions have defected. It's a curious contrast between the two men. Now, there is a glaring difference here, of course. Father Altman had been making the rounds of various internet programs and many in-person appearances at various conferences and lumped them together, that are all lumped together as part of the so-called R&R position, the recognize and resist position, one which I hesitate to label myself as part of, by the way, while Father Desai did not. And to my knowledge, he was not making the rounds on set of Acontis programs either. If I'm wrong about that, though, let me know in the comments. Traditional priests don't often pursue the public spotlight in any, any way, so I'd not be surprised if he didn't do that at all and has mostly kept to himself in all of this. Now, what do you think about this? Let me know in the comments, please. Regardless, keep the priest in your prayers, since he has to be going through a chaotic time in his life at this moment. I know that most of you aren't set of a contest, but please try to be respectful with each other when, when sort of discussing the situation and story, since I try not to cause any intra-trad battles on my channel. We've got enough going on that we don't need to pile onto ourselves, well, ourselves. In addition to all that, let me know your, uh, in addition to letting me know your thoughts, though, also like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you don't miss anything. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.